0: Esther chapter 8. We'll start reading in in verse 1. On that day, King Ahasuerus gave to Queen Esther the house of Haman, the enemy of the Jews. And Mordecai came before the king, for Esther had told what he was to her. And the king took off his signet ring which he had taken from Haman, and gave it to Mordecai. And Esther set Mordecai over the house of Haman. Matthew Henry starts his uh, chapter 8, his commentary on, on, on the book of Esther, saying that we left the plotter hanging. And now we see what becomes of his plot. I mean, it's kind of a, a play on words, right? The plotter hanging rather than the, the hanging plot. I, don't, it just, I just thought that was so clever. Uh, and, and, and that's where we pick up in, in chapter 8 on that day. Well, what day are they talking about? The day of the second feast that Esther had, had invited the king and Haman to. The, the day when Esther lays out Haman's scheme to destroy, kill, and annihilate all of the Jews throughout the whole Persian Empire, 127 provinces from India down to to, uh, Ethiopia to not only kill them but to plunder all their goods. And and Esther has the the courage to go into the king and, and tell him what's going on. The timing was perfect. You know, why would Esther wait to the second banquet? Why would she wait another day to go into the, to the king? Somehow God put it on her heart to do it that way. And she may not have even perceived of it, that, that God was moving her in, in, a, in a certain way. But she did, and it just so happened, one of those coincidences, where the king couldn't sleep the night before. And they brought in... The, the chronicles and read them to and, and he learned how Mordecai the Jew had saved his life. Coincidence not? It was God's timing, God's providential hand on saving the nation of Israel, uh, in and and delivering them from this from this evil plot. That same day, this is an eventful day. No, I mean, there's a lot going on in this in this day. Haman gets up early goes to the to the to the court to be ready to see the king the king's been up several hours early you know maybe he didn't sleep at all that night we're not told exactly how 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 long his sleep fled him but and and and, and the the king's heard that that account of Mordecai Haman's gone uh, gone in Esther's gone in you know all of the the the, the story. I'm trying to, to to recount it all. It's such a such a long day. On that day, that same day, after Haman had paraded Mordecai around the square, uh, he Haman had had then been hanged on the gallows. The king gives Esther Haman's estate, and and, and that was one. Law of the of the of the of the Persians. It's it's not uncommon even even today when criminals have their their property uh, confiscated, especially drug dealers, their their accounts frozen in this, but, but particularly in, in antiquity, the, the king would just confiscate the property, the estate of those who who had been executed, these convicted criminals, and he gives that estate to to, to Esther. Note all of the, the contrast that's going on as we as we go through this passage, and you may remember from a couple of uh, uh, weeks ago, but it's it's a continuation of of that peripatia that we see in, in so much literature. I mean, don't everybody's looking like blank? You you remember peripatia from high school? I, I know you do. What is it? It, it, It's it's a literary device. Aristotle noted it in, you know, a few years after Esther. It it means reversal. Notice all of the reversals going on, that the Jews were going to be killed, Mordecai is going to be hanged. Haman ends up being hanged on the gallows. The Jews end up being delivered. This reversal that is clearly the providential hand of God in in saving His people. And notice the contrast as we keep going. The the king gave Esther the house of Haman. Esther then tells the king that, that who Mordecai is. That he's her her kinsman, her cousin, but also her adopted father who's been (laughs) raising her. You know, the the beginning of of the book when we first met Esther and Mordecai, Mordecai says, don't tell them that you're a Jew. Now she is proclaiming her, her religion to the king. The king who, history says, he was a Zoroastrianist. Okay, it's better to say what what religion he followed. Zoroastrianism, uh, w- which would be very intolerant of other religions. So she's she's taking a risk. All of a sudden, she was. They were kind of being shy, baby steps, not just being bold. Mordecai said, "Don't tell him you're a Jew," but now she's she's ready to. She's told uh, Ahas, Ahasuerus that she's a Jew. Mordecai's a Jew. This one who saved the king is, is a Jew. And so Esther then in turn gives Mordecai the the house of Haman. The contrast, the the reversal. Okay, verse three. Then, so so it's it's still the same day, Esther. Then spoke to the king again. She fell at his feet and she wept and she pleaded with him to avert the evil plan of Haman, the Agagite, and the plot that he had devised against the Jews. When the king held out the golden scepter to Esther, Esther rose and stood before the king. Don't, go over, don't, don't skip over that too, too quickly. What was the golden scepter all about? You could not go into the king uninvited. And, and Esther had, had taken that chance, what, two days before the date when, when she invited the king to the first banquet that she went in. Mordecai had, had said, don't think that you haven't risen to this position for such a time as this. And Esther said, okay, go and, and pray, you and, and, and all the Jews, for three days. Actually, she said fast, but prayer is in there. I guarantee you prayer is, is, is in there. She, she's coming before the king again, a, a second time, un, uninvited. And, and he again extends that golden scepter that says, you, you may come in. Now, why is the king so amenable Or accepting of Esther coming in? I mean, is he just all of a sudden a a wonderful guy? He loves her. The prayer, the fasting, that God has moved the heart of the king. Is it Proverbs 21, 1, that, that the king's heart is like a channel of water and God moves it wherever he wants that, that God has given Esther favor in the sight of the king, and he says, "Yes, you know what is it that you want?" Verse five, and she said, "I notice again her the way she approaches the the the, the king, and 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 she's going to say four ifs." Verse five. Yeah, she she's humble, but but she's but but she's indeed in um, forward that she she makes this this plea. Matthew Henry says that she's sub, submissive, and and also shows um, deference, but but she's she's bold in in doing so. You know, it's it's. Okay, I'll borrow another Matthew Henry. He said, as it as 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 it said, a soft answer turns away wrath, so a soft asking obtains favor. You know, that, that she doesn't just go in there. I mean, she's she's she fell at his feet, she's weeping, she's pleading, but but she also asks in such a way to to get his favor. Okay, let's digress a little bit more. Who all was involved in Haman's plot to kill all of the Jews? Okay, I'm going to pick Haman, king. the king. <laughs> the king was also involved. How was he involved? He gave Haman the ring. Haman said, there's this, this group of people in the kingdom, and, and and they have their own rules. They're weird. They're peculiar. They, they don't obey the king's laws, and, and we just need to kill them. He's like, okay, fine, here's my ring, stamp it, send it out. And then what did they do after that? They started drinking again. I mean, it doesn't take much to get them to, you know, okay, well, let's, we got that taken care of, you know, let's have a party. And so they, you know, they pull a few corks and they they, they go after it. The king is as culpable as, as Haman. Where were we? Chapter 8? Okay, now Esther is going in to, 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 she's there, she's about to plead to the king and, and, and just see the way she does it. Verse 5 And she said, If it pleases the king, and if I have found favor in his sight, and if the thing seems right before the king, and if I am pleasing in his eyes, let an order be written to revoke the letters devised by Haman the Agagite the son of Hamadatha, which he wrote to destroy the Jews who are in all the provinces of the king. For how can I bear to see the calamity that is coming to my people? Or how can I bear to see the destruction of my kindred? Then King Ahasuerus said to Queen Esther and to Mordecai the Jew, Behold, I have given Esther the house of Haman, and they have hanged him on the gallows because he intended to lay hands on the Jews." But you, have, you may write as you please with regard to the Jews in the name of the king and seal it with the king's ring for an edict written in the king's name and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. So, so Esther approaches the king, I, th- I think, in, in a wise manner. That she asks softly; she doesn't go in de- de- demanding this. He is still, after all, the king. It's it's with submission and and and, and, and deference that that she that she approaches the king. And and it's it's kind of like, okay, conniving is not a good word. I mean, just I guess it kind of depends on the context. But but she's doing it in a, in a subtle way of. If it pleases the king, if I found favor in, in the king's sight, if this, if this seems right, if, if I am pleasing in his eyes, that she's trying to make it seem like it was his idea. Okay, this is for the... the yep. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom. Now, this is just for the, for the men... But have, you know, have you ever been approached in this manner that I know, and I'm probably very susceptible to this, that if it's my idea, or if somehow it, it's presented to where, oh, that's my idea. So yeah, we're going to do it. You know, like it, it could be like going to eat raw sushi or something, but somehow somebody's convinced me that that's my idea. we never eating sushi but you know it it's it's she's very wise and and being I think she's being led by the spirit that God has put this in her heart and she knows how to approach this this pagan king she doesn't say hey king back in chapter three you agreed with Haman and you let him do all of these things she doesn't bring bring that up at, up at all she she just says if I have, have found favor with you. Matthew Henry says that it's as if the king had agreed with that original decree. You know, he allowed it. And, it, and, if, and if he had been troubled by it, He could, even though it was the law of the 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 Medes and the Persians, that that he could he could he could revoke it in his own way if he wanted to. And then he then he I think I think where the, the key point that he's making is what is repentance after all? That that the king's just going on, even though he he sees what Haman's plan was. he he realizes, well, that was a mistake and and I am as guilty as Haman and that he could repent. The, The key there is not that King Ahasuerus did not repent. The key there is, how many times do I do something and I know I'm guilty, yet I don't repent? that I don't acknowledge my sin before the Lord and ask Him for forgiveness. Or to a person if it's, you know, if if, if the situation, you know, uh, deems that that necessary. So the king then replies. Notice Esther also that when she was pleading for her own life in chapter 7, she didn't really cry but here her, her concern for her people is so great that she she falls at the king's feet, she weeps and she pleads for their lives. She is probably pretty safe now after having you know Mordecai saved the king's life earlier now now uh, Esther has pointed this out the king realizes okay there's no way I'm letting, the, anybody kill Esther or Mordecai now? She's pretty safe now. But what about the the other hundreds of thousands of Jews in the in the kingdom, from India to, to Ethiopia? They're not, and, and Esther's concern for them is 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 great. And she goes in, takes her a, a, a risk by going into the king, and he again extends that gold scepter and, 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 and lets her plead her case. And, and the king says, you can write whatever you want. Mordecai's got the ring now. He can seal it. And then the last sentence there in verse, or the last phrase there in, in verse 8 He says, seal it with the king's ring for an edict written in the name of the king and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. It's almost like he's, he's talking about both uh, decrees. I mean, is he or isn't he? You know, he's saying the first one can't be revoked. We can't just, um, just send out a, uh, we can't rescind this decree. But if you, if you uh, issue another decree it can't be revoked either and it can supersede the, the 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 first one so considering this law of the of the Persian empire the 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 a a decree of the king cannot be revoked and remember we saw the same thing in Daniel 6 when when Daniel was thrown into the lions den that, that that was uh, Darius the Mede who was over the Babylonian portion of the, the Persian empire. And, and and they had conned him into making it a decree that whoever does not, whoever prays to anybody other than the king for 30 days is going to be thrown into the lion's den and, and make it a law of the Medes and the Persians which cannot be revoked. And it's the same thing here with this decree that all the Jews are, are to be killed. So, in a general sense or maybe that's maybe not a general sense is that a good law or a bad law that we still do it, still do it? <laughs> what does it bespeak of does, does it does it show the wisdom and, and honor that the Persian king has, or does it show their, their pride and, and folly and just backward thinking? I mean, it doesn't show their wisdom that they say, well, if we make a decree, it cannot be rescinded, revoked. I mean, it shows their arrogance their their pride and they're just real, just plain stupidity to have laws like that. Especially when you drink so much. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <It's, laughs> I signed what? I mean, it's. The longer we drink this, the more I dislike that king. He's just he's a bozo at the least. I mean, he's just you know. He he's. Yeah. Chuck Swindoll, in in his uh, biography on Esther, uh, in in this chapter, he says even though Esther lived centuries ago, surrounded by people we've we've never known in a culture we've never seen, yet so many of her her experiences are as relevant. And real as this morning's news, I mean is it that pretty much nails it and and that biography, I think he wrote in ninety seven so what is that twenty four years ago i mean twenty four years ago that was almost like the good old days it, it was it's it's how much worse have things gotten? And then, he, then, 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 Doctor Swindoll keeps going. He says, "Universal sinfulness that works itself out in powerful ways is no different now than when Haman set out to destroy the Jews." Thankfully, there's an even more powerful force that stands against such wickedness. People have not changed. Or maybe we have some. But rest assured God has not changed one bit since these things were written. That that He Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and and forever. And so it may the things that happen in our nation, the things that happened in Persia, they, they may show just the <laughs> the the, the pride, the arrogance, the folly of those leaders. But that God hasn't changed. And as He was able to deliver Esther and the Jews then, he He delivers us today. It might not be delivering the United States of America but it's delivering each and every one who will receive it from the penalty of sin. The wages of sin is still death, but but that that Jesus came to provide our redemption and our salvation. No matter how badly the the deck seems to be stacked, And and if God can move the heart of this king He can move any heart. What did they do? They fasted and they prayed. And then they they let God do it in his time. Yeah. This is... um, Matthew Henry pretty much nailed this chapter. If you haven't, at least least the way I I interpret or the way I read him but that he, he, he equated this whole thing of the, um, of the king's edict not being revocable back to Genesis 3, 5 when the serpent tells Adam and Eve that God knows if you eat of this fruit, you will be like God. That it's that it's a, an attempt of mankind, another one to be like God, that rebellion that started way back in in the Garden of Eden. So the king authorizes Haman and Esther to write, send out a, a decree. Verse nine, the king's scribes were summoned at that time. They, it's that sense of hurriedness again. That that. Uh, they, they want to do this quickly. The king's scribes were summoned at that time in the third month, which is the month of Sivan, on the 23rd day. And an edict was written according to all that Mordecai commanded concerning the Jews, to the satraps and the governors and the officials of the provinces from India to Ethiopia, 127 provinces. To each province in its own script, and to each people in its own language, and also to the Jews in their script and their language. And he wrote in the name of King Ahasuerus and sealed it with the king's signet ring. Then he sent the ladders by mounted couriers riding on swift horses that were used in the king's service. Bread from the royal stud, saying that the king allowed the Jews who were in every city to gather and defend their lives, to destroy, to kill, and to annihilate any armed force of people or province that might attack them, children and women included, and to plunder their goods. On that day throughout all the provinces of King Ahasuerus, on the thirteenth day of the twelfth month, which is the month of Adar." A copy of what was written was issued as a decree in every province being publicly displayed to all peoples, and the Jews were were to be ready on that day to take vengeance on their enemies. So the couriers mounted on their swift horses that were used in the king's service rode out hurriedly, urged by the king's command, and the decree was issued in Susa the citadel." So they make a decree, they send it out. I like the, the King James. It, it, it may be based on, on a, a, different, um, a different manuscripts a, a, and perhaps the manuscripts that, that the ESV... The NIV, the New American Standard, you, f- you figure the King James was, was translated in 1611, and, and these other translations from the, from the 19th century, the 20th century, the 21st century have, have a, a greater abundance of, of manuscripts such as the Dead Sea Scrolls. But the, 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 King, the, the King James says they went out on horses, on camels, on, on mules, murals. and what else? There's one more. Dram- drama seals, dromedaries. I had to look that one up. So, so they used one hump and two hump camels. You know, according to the king, it just gives you this picture of all this. You know, they they sent this word out however they could get it. You know, the 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 the, the ESV saying that they they sent them out on all the swift horses, those bred by the royal stud. You know, it makes you think that, okay, Secretariat sired all of these these horses that they used and they got out, Push. you know. It's like, I want to see one of those on-the-street interviews where they ask people things that everybody should know, okay. um, you know, maybe a Jay Leno or, or, you know, David Letterman, they sent them out and they... They're, they're like okay who's the, the the chief Justice of the Supreme Court or they show them pictures I want to see them ask somebody okay in in the book of Esther they they sent out word these couriers by uh, on, on Swift horses you know it's like why didn't they use Twitter why didn't they use you know just to see what you know kids would say today and maybe it wouldn't just be kids but I mean, it's, you know, you, you have the same weird random thoughts that I did. Do. I don't know where I came up with that, but it's kind of like, why didn't they do this? So they they, they send out this decree every in, in each language of all the people to, that, that, that they may stand up against an armed force. It's, it's different than the initial decree that Haman sent out that says, okay, and all the kingdom... On this day, you have to kill Jews and plunder all their goods. Mordecai's decree says, You may destroy, kill, annihilate, stand up, defend yourselves against any armed force that comes against you. Any people that muster against you, you may, you may come, you may, you, may, you may fight. You may kill them, destroy them, annihilate them. And they sent out the word to, to all of the kingdom. Okay, verse 15. Now we're going to see the, the result. And look at the contrast again. Then Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal robes of blue and white with a great gold crown and a, and a robe of fine linen and purple. And the city of Susha shouted and rejoiced. The Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor. And in every province and in every city wherever the king's command and his edict reached, There was gladness and joy among the Jews, a feast and a holiday. And many from the peoples of the country declared themselves Jews for fear the Jews had fallen on them. You know, what was Mordecai wearing in the end of chapter 3? Sackcloth and and ashes. Now it would seem that this is a couple of months later. Remember that was... Uh, in, in the first month on the 13th day, the day before Passover. And now we're in the third month, the 23rd day. So um, two months, 10 days or thereabouts. So there, there are some because of the, 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 the records, archaeology and, and, and all that, um, that actually give dates. Dr. Constable says the first degree decree went out on April 17th, 474 B.C. The second decree went out on June 25th, 474 B.C. They were going to kill the Jews on March the 7th, 473 B.C. No charge for those dates, but just you know dates and dates in 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 history so they we see the contrast with Mordecai he was wearing sackcloth and ashes and now he's wearing this this uh, this royal robes of blue and white he has on a gold crown he's got on fine linen uh, a robe of fine linen and purple remember where linen comes from we we talked about this weeks before where is linen come from this is not cotton this is linen fine linen from flax. Okay, no charge for that one either. But the, it's the finest royal uh, priestly attire, even that, that Mordecai has put on compared to that sackcloth and ashes that he had when that first decree went out. What else is, is contrasted here? How did Susa react in chapter three? When that decree went out. Susa, a, a very mixed population, you know, of Persians, but other other uh, captive cultures that have been brought in. It says the whole city was in confusion and turmoil when that first decree went out. The second decree goes out. And it says there was shouting and rejoicing. There's a, a, there, there's a lightness and gladness and joy and honor. It's just the complete opposite. It's a total reversal in, in how they reacted. Why? Because they've been delivered or they will be delivered. That, that, that God has saved them. Is there any application to that? for us today. See, if Robert Hurt was here, he would say, yes, but that's all he would say. And then then, then if Jack Britton was here, Robert would say, Jack, like, yes, Jack, you tell him. That was a bunch of stuttering there. The, the, the application is they rejoiced over what? Their salvation. Okay, let that bounce around in the cranial cavity for just a, just a second. It's we should rejoice every day for our salvation, our deliverance. We were more helpless than the Jews in Persia because... We cannot save ourselves from our sin, but God has redeemed us. God has made the way by sending his son to die in, in our place on the cross. And then he was raised from the dead to live forever and ever and ever. You know, there were plenty of, plenty of, several instances in in, in the scripture where, you know, Elijah raised one from the dead, Elisha, Jesus raised several. But all of those people died again. But Jesus, the Christ, rose on the third day and still is alive today. And, and He's alive at God's right hand. John and, and, and Paul both say that He is our mediator, our advocate. What was Esther to the Jews Esther is is a type of Christ here and that she was an advocate a mediator for the Jews how much better is our advocate than 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 a person a a human being but that our advocate is actually the son of of God and, and that that should again lead to our joy and and gladness in what God has done you know isn't it amazing that the book of Esther doesn't say the word God anywhere. No New Testament writer quoted it anywhere, and yet you see God's hand all over it. It almost makes me wonder, okay, it does make me wonder, did the Holy Spirit in, in, in uh, inspiring this lead the writer not to use God, to, to mention God, so that people would see His hand at work. And if we're conscious, if we we pay attention, we'll see God's hand of deliverance, not only in our salvation, but in other little ways all around us and all all through our lives. It's like I'm driving up the highway. It's like, man, I'm glad I wasn't a minute ahead, you know, because that truck just... And it's like, oh, well, that's because I couldn't get my shoes tied this morning or whatever, you know, and it's like that God delivers us over and over and we don't take the time to realize it and, 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 and respond in that joy and gladness. Okay, that's my observation. What do you, what do you see? Any, any other observations? Uh, we'll, we'll continue in, in Esther next week. And, and see what happens there on on in in that month of, of of adar. We're gonna reach March 7th, 473 BC next next week, Lord willing. Any anything else before we well it's good to see everyone. Glad everybody's um, conquered COVID. And some in some in a literal fashion, gotten gotten through it, and gotten your inoculations, as Barney Fife would say and and are ready to go. Let's pray, and then we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, we just thank you for our redemption. God may we just rejoice over that. May there be gladness in our hearts. May we share it with with those that we meet every day of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.